Yo, 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 heart, soul, human. This is Zach here with you. And we have Neil on the other end of the line. How are you doing, Neil? Oh, you know, I'm just uh, out here with my whiskey, leather, sexy voice. Just trying, yeah. to, just trying to get used to the fact that Zoom tells you that you're recording every single time now. And trying to not be thrown off by that. <laughs> While wearing your jorts and doing a little head bob. You look great, exactly. Though. It's really Sexy. hard for me to sit on the ground and uh, wear these jorts at the same time, but they're stretchy. They're barbell apparel. Them thighs, baby. Them thighs. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I say, I'm a thick tie man. So. Damn. Zam, <laughs> daddy. Zam, daddy. <laughs> so we are here one day after a total failed recording where we were both completely brain dead. And oh, had boy. To say and took like 20 breaks during the message and just were not functional so yeah, welcome we're out here two. we're out here doing our best for you guys we really are <laughs> we are it's it's been a gnarly few weeks few months this lion's gate has been a whole mess in itself energetically and we've both been pretty beat up so <laughs> i'm just gonna keep blaming shit on astrology i'm gonna be like a doctor doing that kind of shit what happened to your patient yeah man, you see the way that my natal chart's set up <laughs> <laughs> thanks kevin woke kevin hart <laughs> yeah. you're welcome the way my kevin the way my kevin hart set up is yeah <laughs> it's all astrology we can blame it on that and honestly it is kind of true man mm-hmm. because we're also figuring out our own shit along the way so listen i'm a pisces ascendant i'm supposed to just be beautiful can you just thank you <laughs> Thank you. I am a double Sag, so I'm just supposed to be free. So please don't tell me what to do. Damn. Double That's Sag. Me. Double Sag. Wild, wild horses, baby. That is, is your sun sign Sag? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Double Sag, Pisces moon. What's that? What does double Sag mean? I am Sag sun. I am Sag rising. Is that the other one? Your, your first house, your ascendant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah ascendant. Um, and then I'm Pisces moon. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Sag, Sag moon. So fire, fire. Wait, Pisces is North Node for you? For Moon? I have no idea. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly how this stuff works. I was kind of hoping I was going to learn something right here. <laughs> I am well, not the person to teach you about astrology. Dude. Oh, well. I have I'm more s- people that know my chart better than I do. Yeah, so. I just defer things out. I'm just like, like, is there a transit going on right now? Like, I just felt a shift in energy. <laughs> I don't know. There Help me. Is. Let's see. I'm a, I'm a Capricorn sun, Pisces rising, and then Sagittarius moon. Boom. Oh, so yes, I'm scratching you. There yeah. you go. That's just my north node. Just moving towards Sagittarius energy, you know. Some Sag- big deal. You got some Neil in you. Get a little uh-huh. bit of Neil in me. Mm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I've got some in Neil up in my double Sag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a Sunday morning podcast for sure. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so we have both been going through all our things in one of the pervading uh, themes that we've been sitting with have has been purpose and both that's been very different and unique to each of us in our own ways. And I have a feeling that's probably going to be going on a little bit for all you listeners as well. So you want to share a little bit about what your experience has been like, Zach, with that word? Yeah, man. So lately I've been trying to identify my purpose in a more tangible way. I think it's really easy for me to write off having a purpose because of the work that I do where it's like, Oh yeah. Like I'm that in is the purpose. School. I'm going yeah. to be a doctor. Yeah. Like I have, I must have purpose. Cause if I don't have purpose, what the fuck am I doing here? You know? And then <laughs> yeah. when I think about it, like I, I didn't really have like a tangible quotable 
like if you were to do like an elevator pitch for your purpose, like I didn't have one of those. Right. So that was a bit of a, a bit of a wake up call for me. And so I've been kind of on this, on this search for what it really is like at the core of why I'm doing what it is that I'm doing. And what I'm kind of running into is that I'm finding several things that, that feel good in the heart, but none of them are the whole truth in and of mm-hmm. themselves. Right. So that's kind of what I'm bumping into right now. Yeah. yeah. You're like, you're finding different aspects of maybe what this purpose is or different pieces of it, but it's not the whole thing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, uh, there's like this idea of Euclidean destiny or something like that. There's, I, I mean, I don't know much about, high level math, but there's this thing called like Euclid's triangle. And it has to do with like an intersection between a bunch of different points. That's the most that I know about it. <laughs> but, like <laughs> I've heard of this thing called the Euclidean destiny. It's this idea that like, there are multiple different passions and skills that a person will have in their life. And they might all seem completely disparate and completely separate, but there will be a moment in your life or maybe a couple moments in your life where all of those things intersect and where those things intersect is where you're, I guess, for lack of a better term in the moment, like where you're designed to, to be thriving. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious out of like those different aspects that you are connecting to, is there one maybe that sticks out or let me actually rephrase that. Is there one that makes you feel either, either the most alive, but I think the word that may be more resonant for you is most rooted and grounded. Mm the one that's coming to mind right now. And the one that I think had the biggest like aha, the biggest impact moment, I was in the middle of uh, telling a story instead of just answering your question. So (laughs) so (laughs) I was in the middle of doing uh, an iron shirt uh, Qigong session. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's called Chi generator. And in the final pose, you're standing kind of like in a, like in a half squat with your arms above your head and you're standing there for like minutes on end. And so you're like just horse like, pose. You're like, like basically yeah. in horse pose with your arms above your head. So your shoulders hurt, your back hurts, your legs are on fire and you're just trying to breathe energy into you. And just like in this meditation, just really press your consciousness out and to feel the world and to like press who you are as a person out into the world. So it was this, had this really intense moment. And uh, the guy just goes like, feel your deepest purpose, like the deepest mm-hmm. gift of your heart and press that into the world. And in my mind, I saw, like I saw a baby, uh, in, uh, I saw a baby in the hospital, essentially, like after it's been born, it's kind of cleaned off and it's just, it's innocent, right? Mm-hmm. It just represented innocence. Um, the innocence of patience, for example. And I just, from deep within me, it's like, it came out of my belly and into my mind. Like I didn't, I didn't try to generate the thought. It just like percolated up from within me. And it just said like, I will fucking protect you. Like I will keep mm-hmm. you safe. And it was this texture of, I will look out for the innocence of my patients. I will protect the innocence of my patients in a system that is wildly intimidating to people. It's intimidating to me and I'm like in the system, right? Um, So, you know, a lot of people have this, this tremendous, like I want to preserve their innocence. I want to protect them from their fear in these arenas where you're, you're uncertain about where you should go, how long you're going to be in the hospital for what's happening to you. What's happening inside of your body. Does anybody have the answers? Do they have the answers and they're keeping them from me? What's Mm -hmm. going on? Um, And I see, I mean, I'm very like shallowly into this path already and I can already see that happening so much. It's so rampant in the field. And so I felt this like 
this urge to just protect come out of me. So that was, that was the biggest thing I think. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Protector of people and their innocence. I have another question for you. I think we we've done this before, but I can't remember what you said. Um, when I've worked with people and I did this for myself too, I have for purpose. I love going back into the child, the young, young, young self before we've developed all these layers of <clears throat> uh, conditioning and, you know, judgment and self expectations. Da, 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 da. And I ask when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grow up? I know you I've asked, asked you that before. But yeah, you've asked me this on air before, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So like child, child before mm-hmm. there was like even like a reasonable thing. Yep. Uh, ninja. I think I went as a ninja for Halloween, like three years in a row. So. So is there a value if you think about a ninja that really resonates to you and your core? Interesting. Or a trait or something like that? Um, you know, there's this aspect of like, once again, like being a protector, being a protector of people mm-hmm. and never really receiving the recognition for it. I was just thinking there was something about the shadows there. Yeah. Yeah. There's like the idea of like, I'm imagining like the image that's coming up in my mind is like, it's like, it's like feudalistic Japan. Mm -hmm. And this woman's about to get just like harmed by, by, by a man. And I'm like up in the trees, like in the shadow, it's nighttime. And I like, you know, just like shoot a dart or like throw, throw a throwing star at the guy and take him out. And she's safe. I mean, obviously that would be a traumatizing thing to like see happen to a person in front of you, regardless of the situation. (laughs) But like, still like she was safe and she could get her child and leave. Um, And she would never know who did it or where I was or where it came from. And I would never receive the recognition for it. Uh, And there's something about that that feels good. Like I definitely like having attention. Right. But Mm -hmm. uh, there's something that, that satisfies a deeper part of me. That's like a good man helped you and didn't expect anything in return. Yeah. And I think that's actually very in alignment with you and your path too, right? Because that's one of the things that you've really consciously worked on is kind of letting go of the self and the ego and allowing yourself to just show up out of love and duty and responsibility to people, not to yourself. That's a working process. (laughs) And it is. I mean, and it's always going to be, especially if it's something that is so deeply rooted as your purpose and what you're here to do. But that is, it makes complete sense. It's very resonant. So that's cool. What what is it for you? What what did you want to be when you were a kid? Buzz fucking Lightyear, baby. That's right. To infinity and beyond. (laughs) Which makes sense for me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that was always about, this is where I first understood my value of justice, of doing what's right. I didn't have that understanding of that value for me before. I started to sit with this question. I think this question came from the records or something like that too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about doing what's right and being this protector for the people, this person who will show up. And now there's, there's also an ego perspective to this too, because buzz is very buzz fucking light year um show up and be the savior and be this person that is going to sh- really do that thing that the others don't and take the light as you do it 
which is also there in alignment with my path too. Yeah. It's about stepping, kind of stepping out. Like mm -hmm. there's this uh, stepping out and stepping up the interplay between like Woody and buzz. And then it's like, mm-hmm. the, you know, Woody's kind of like the, he's the guy, like everybody looks to Woody. He's like the leader of the group of toys, but he's been there for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like a comfortable leadership. It's kind of like leadership by default. I think he really kind of stopped trying to actually lead the people because yeah. it was just a defaulted thing for him. And then buzz shows up and everyone's like, Oh, buzz, like the shiny, mm-hmm. the shiny new charismatic leader. Is there something about that that you were attracted to? As a kid. Yeah, I'm sure there was. I mean, I always loved, I'm, I love heroes. I've more so always been more resonant to the underdog, but there's a part of me that also fucking just loves the hero and the person that can show up and just be a gangster. I mean, I think everyone does mm-hmm. <laughs> too, but that also makes sense for me. I mean, at that point when I was a kid, right, I hadn't gone through the experiences I had, but that's my path, right? Moving beyond the egoless self and the person that shows up and sacrifices themselves for everyone else in their life. Whereas like, I get to show up as me, very empowered with a grounded sense of ego and Mm -hmm. claim the light that I deserve. And, you know, if I kind of zoom out and look at Neil as a character in this life, there is this fucking dude with like the voice. There is a dude with this big old chest. There's a dude who's fucking, you know, all these things. And if I look at my own progression through this life and my own story arc, that's my path of learning to accept that and learning to embody that and learning to step up and step into the light and allow myself to be this character, this buzz light here that I'm meant to be. Yeah. And my resistance Man. has been into that because I don't want to do that. It makes me uncomfortable. It da 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 my, my da, typical da 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 That's when you know I'm onto something because I dropped the da 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 Yeah. Don't drop that da 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 da. Drop that da 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 da. I will drop that da 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 da. Oh no, he's doing anyone it. Anyone said not to. Drop that da da da. Just for just for the folks out here who didn't get the the offer of them. Yeah, so I'm I'm really fat. I'm really fucking fascinated by this conversation. Like this, the idea of looking at yourself as a character. Because I mean, we probably think about this a little bit. If you're somebody who believes in incarnation. Right. And you think about, if you contextualize your experiences from the point of view of incarnation, it's like, oh yeah, my personality is like a skin bag. My personality is like, mm-hmm. it's a persona. It's a, it's a character. It's an archetype right. in some ways. So it's kind of, it's fun to look at yourself from the outside in for yeah. sure. And allows yeah. you to really see it more, right? Because when you're looking at it from the inside out, you get pulled into your own story and all these things that just present as concerns and issues and triggers. But when you zoom out, you can kind of just like see this lens and this progression and like the broad scope of everything. It allows you to really understand it more. Yeah. So are there any other stories from when you were a kid or a teenager or whatever that really like stick out and resonate with you? Like some of the other characters in fables in your life that you really resonated mm. with? What's coming up right now is uh, the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, <clears throat> actually. Mm. That's interesting. I'd never thought of that. I used to love that movie. So Pursuit of Happiness is a Will Smith movie. And he was like a Wall Street broker. Or he was in San Francisco. He was a big finance guy. And then he lost everything. Mm-hmm. And it was him. And this is like Jaden Smith when he was like probably four years old, five years old, uh, father and son. And they basically are just homeless. And he is scraping by like he is 
sleeping in hotels for a while, runs out of money, ends up having to take his son and go sleep in the bathroom in the subway. And like, that's when you could just see the tears dropping out. Like he is broken down at that point. And like his will, his sense of self, all gone. And he's just fighting and scrapping to make things happen. And eventually he gets this opportunity to be an intern uh, with a bunch of younger cats at, at this office. Mm-hmm. And he's not doing well. And I think when he shows up to that interview, he's like missing a shoe and like doesn't have his jacket or something like that. But he still shows up and all scruffy and like doesn't look presentable compared to everyone else there. But he's working and working and working and just like shows up shining star until he eventually you know, last moment where it's like make or break to win the position through the internship. Uh, he pulls on his own natural skill set that he hadn't done in the past through the rest of the movie and just like charms it up and really makes, makes the freaking thing happen at all expenses and lands the job and finds his way through to the life that he's really meant to have and is very successful after that. I think it's a motivation, motivational speaker now. It's a true story, actually. And so that is really resonant for me. And from my path, one of the readings I'd gotten, uh, you know, or Jacqueline, at the very beginning of my spiritual awakening was about when I first started doing coaching work. I was like doing life purpose work hidden behind and trying to bring in uh, spiritual work but hidden behind the lens of something more practical and coaching-based. And I wanted to Mm -hmm. kind of bridge that gap and bring in spirituality to those who wanted to do life purpose work more practically with me. Anyways, that's beside the fact. One of the things that came up in that session for me was this idea that I have this repeating pattern through several lifetimes where I do really, really well, and then I fucking lose everything. And then I'm left there on the sidewalk, scraping by, panhandling, and just looking at everyone who just ignores me walking by. I'm like, you don't know who I am. You don't know what I'm fucking capable of. Like, give me the chance and I will destroy it. Mm -hmm. You have no idea. Like, don't just pass me by like this. And then I build my way back up very rapidly. And whenever that opportunity finally comes, and then I'm just like immensely successful. And I've had this repeating pattern in many, many lifetimes. That's actually what it's been like for me in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. From going into yeah, my you became role. very successful. Yeah. yeah. And then you like you lost it all. Job. And in a way that was actually probably beyond me, like life forced its hand to have me. I, I left the job by choice, but there were other things that played. There were a lot of other nothing. Yeah. Like life factors that played into that decision mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now I'm on that build back up and I know it's like, yeah, there are points coming soon where it's about to pop, but I'm still on that build and with one sh- shoeless at the internship trying to make my way in. So I, f- I feel like long I story. could probably speak for our listeners at the same time where I'm like, I've, I was fucking engrossed in what you were just talking about. Like when you were describing yeah. pursuit of happiness, I was just like, I was like in it. And then yeah. you kind of like, replacing that main character with yourself and like putting that in, I was just fucking engrossed in that. And it was really cool to be able to see you through that lice, through that lice. Through that. <laughs> <laughs> I got some lice too. Yeah. Man, part that's, of how it. You, that's how you know I've been in primary care for the last like four weeks. Um, to seeing you through that lens thing, seeing you in that yeah. light. Um, it's just kind of cool to, it's also great because so many of us, not so many of us, literally all of us walk around with some story about who we are, like we're the protagonist mm-hmm. of our own life. And so it's nice to let other people in on 
some of the, like some of the stories that you tell about yourself and to be able to like see a person through their own eyes Mm -hmm. in the same way that it's, it's refreshing to see ourselves through other people's eyes. Yeah. And I think, you know, to one of the things you and I believe firmly is like when you are able to begin to really see this non-judgmental zoomed out perspective of yourself and understand the difficulty, understand the process that takes you through to what's meant to be, you can start to see that in others, right? You can mm-hmm. see how they're in their own shit, the same way you were in yours. And it creates a deeper level of empathy. It creates a deeper understanding, a deeper acceptance of people and their shit because you were in yours or are in yours. We always are at some extent. Yeah. That's kind of what we were talking about yesterday. Yeah. But I, I had a understanding that I wanted to share too. I was looking at, as you were speaking just now, I was looking at Buzz Lightyear and I was looking at Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith. I was like, oh, what's the connection then? And what allows me to really become this Buzz Lightyear self is the Will Smith experience of having nothing, of Mm -hmm. being broken down, of also broken free of all this other stuff that I was carrying. There's a humility and there's a humbleness. There's a great groundedness that allows me to then become that Buzz Lightyear and own the stage and own life and be that figure yeah. because it's rooted and grounded rather than purely egoic and me, 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 me. Yeah. Yeah. Another way to say this would be like you played with, you played with the polarity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in individual lives, like, you know, sometimes we'll have one life where we're rich and then another life where we're like in disparate poverty or something like that. But you did it. You did both of them in a lifetime, <laughs> multiple times where it was like, okay, I'm really rich. Now yeah. I'm really, really, really poor. And now I'm really rich again. And you're getting to kind of, to, to see the transient nature of everything that we create externally. Mm-hmm. And like, the, the only thing that mattered was like, what you had to find within yourself was is that what you were describing being on the street, watching people walk past you to be like, you don't know who I am. You don't know yeah. what I'm capable of. And it became about like what you can generate within yourself rather than like what you can create in the world around you. Cause you were like, look around me that I have nothing, but I still know that I'm, that I'm so capable. I'm so, so strong. I'm so yeah. deserving. I'm so able. Yeah. I'm not and so And then capable. I can also do so much and impact along the way. Yeah. But I know I am capable despite whatever else. Yeah. It's not that I'm so capable because I have the fancy suit or the nice watch or the ties mm-hmm. or the car or all the, you know, all these, all these clients that I'm managing and all this kind of stuff. It's like, I'm so capable because I'm me Yeah, and I'll recreate, I'll, I'll create a new life. Man, that just hit me. I'm like, I'm feeling tears. Like, I want to just cry. And it's it's because it's, it's so true. And like we were saying before this, right? Like, everything kind of just clicked in place this morning, last night, after kind of feeling like I've been lost and floating for the past two months. Mm-hmm. So that's that's all just hitting right now. It's just really fucking cool. Um, I had something else to say and share, and I totally just lost it. Man, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. actually, I Enjoy got the it. moment. So. When you were sharing, um, something you are saying brought up this awareness of like the way that I've had many, many spiritual lives 
you know, my recent past handful of lives have been the spiritual role. I've been the spiritual teacher role. I've been that. So I do that really well. And I innately know these things. Um, and I think that really is what came through over this first part of my life was fulfilling that, fulfilling that karmic duty. And I think for a lot of people, you can understand if you have a awareness of past lives or just trying to make sense of what's going on. Like there, I have this firm belief, like the first part of your life up until Saturn return is very karmic. And I think you would agree with mm -hmm. that. Yes. Learning your lessons. It's fulfilling these karmic debts. It's really also, um, if we zoom out and look at the larger scope of your life, creating a sense of self that will then be expressed through the rest of life, through, through your greater purpose, through the things that are more authentically aligned to you and who you are. But the first part of your life is the development of these things. And that's what, you know, the karmic side of it was for me. Like, you know, my path, I, it's not about the spiritual work for me. That was a stepping stone into the way I use the spiritual work to create businesses and to really impact the world in a different way. Yeah, it's more about the morality that you uncovered because of that. Yeah, because yeah, I definitely see that for you. Like, I, I definitely think that the spirituality is not going to be at the forefront of your businesses, but mm -hmm. that the underlying principles, like the idea that we're all here to just grow and continue to better ours. Like, there, you have a different sense of purpose in a different sense of time and a different sense of urgency and intention when you realize that the things that you learn in your life uh, are not lost when you go to the grave mm -hmm. we have a different sense mm, like that's cool you, yeah you you want to like for somebody who thinks that when they die their life is over and that's it and there's like no part of them that lives on they're not necessarily always going to be incentivized to continue growing throughout the course of their life like I can see this in my parents and they're, my parents are good. They're good people. Like I love right. them so much. Um, there's not necessarily an impulse to continue healing and growing necessarily. Um, I would say my stepmom definitely like in some mm. ways has that she's, you know, she's a very loving, caring person. My dad, on the other hand, is kind of like the classic, like masculine burden <laughs> yeah. type thing where he's like, I worked hundred hour weeks for most of my life to build like a little empire for myself, to build a nest egg for myself. I want to just chill as I retire. And you can see him be not satisfied with like, he's like, well, I've, I've let go of all the responsibility. Why do I still feel burden? And it's like, mm -hmm. cause you're, cause you're a masculine being, you're always going to feel burden. So you might as well embrace it that that never ends. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if they, not that I want this for them, but I feel like if they knew that they would continue living after they died, mm -hmm. that they would still want to continue growing because yeah. there's not a single thing that you learn that you, that you ever lose. Yeah, you saying that made me actually see that within my parents as well. Uh, my dad is the same <laughs> way where like, he's kind of been the operations and you know, everything behind the scenes of our restaurant growing up through our entire life. Hit retirement, we sold the restaurant and he's just not doing a freaking thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, enjoying that but it's also I can feel for him just like and not the burden side but the lack of a direction where he's kind of just like killing time and numb with nothing to do and it doesn't present in a really negative way but I can see that whereas my mom was like she was cooking at the restaurant every single day um, and
been just busy, busy, busy her entire life. And now that she's retired, it's creating space for her to really do the things that are more meaningful for her, which I know at some point will become becoming a nun in temple. Um, it's really time for her and her path and spirituality and her practice, whatever that means for her. Uh, it wasn't quite, I'm not tying this into what they take into the next life, but just resonant with what you're sharing with your parents. Yeah. Yeah. That we have an, we have an extend, it extends our sense of self mm-hmm. and allows us to keep doing what we know is right. But like, I think a lot of the times what is right is often difficult, mm-hmm. be it <clears throat> externally difficult though. I have to invest time and, and external effort into this or internally difficult in the sense that I have to unearth a lot of things that I've, that I've spent my whole life trying to not look at. Right. I've, mm-hmm. I put a great deal of effort uh, into covering this thing up. And uh, with, even if you know, it's right to uncover that thing or to do that thing. If you don't, <laughs> if you don't have the motivation to do it, you're not going to do it. And one of the things that I'm grateful for in terms of like my spiritual beliefs is that I feel like I'm going to want to keep going until the very end, like keep mm-hmm. growing until the very end. Cause I'm like, every second's an opportunity to, to, to like grow as a, as a being, as a soul. Yeah. You know, for me, mine actually mimics my mom from what I know of my path a little bit. We're like deep, 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 whole spiritual process through my Saturn turn last few years. And then I get focused into businesses and how I can, you know, impact the world in other ways. And once all that's said and done, maybe in like my fifties, there's a very big deepening and reconnection to spirit in a whole new way and a cultivation of this even greater connection. And I know the right, the spiritual connection is not going to just leave. Like I'm still going to do my spiritual work along the way. I'm still going to do all these other things and practices and cultivate that and grow that but it's not going to be at the forefront of it along the way. I mean, yeah, spirit doesn't leave you, right? Yeah. yeah you're always going to have a spiritual connection. It's just a matter of like, for that's for everybody. Like you yeah. can always have that. Just a matter of what's important for your life. It's like, oh, well, like I want to do readings for people like as my business. I don't think like, you know, spirit would be like, that's too, that's spirit too close to the forefront like of this <laughs> life. Like let's like start a t-shirt business or like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually what's been going on for me, you know, as I've been navigating what purpose was like for the last three years, it was spirituality and creating Mm -hmm. my spiritual business and all these things. And it was my life. It was business. It was my interests. It was my passions. It was my purpose. It was my everything, which I needed. Um, But through that whole, the past two months, through this timeline shift, through the shift into like Lionsgate, your, your voice came through in an understanding of it. And it was like, there is a rearticulation of <laughs> my relationship with, with spirit and my business and these things. So now they are still going to be in my life. It's not like these things are gone, but they are not my absolute everything. So now spiritual, my spiritual business is more so a business and not my entire life. That's what's been shifting. And I've just started to be able to understand that. It's a rearticulation of its expression in my life. Whereas now to your aha moment, I had one the other day too in another reading. And I was talking about this, like, I just feel lost. I feel like there's a separation from me and spirit happening. And I'm okay with that. If that's what's meant to be. And I was just sitting and she was talking about what's going on and 
purpose and all these things. And I was like, oh, it's wellness. It's my old fucking love. The thing that I brought me into spirituality, into mental, emotional health is the concept of wellness. Like that is what I love. That is my passion. That is my joy. And that separation from spirit is allowing me to have the space to step into this again. And so things are shifting, but they're also the same, but it's just all these different aspects of myself coming back in together. And now, you know, me, my values, my passions, my life, the way I live it, the way I build it is, is shifting. And I think, you know, if we just kind of on that zoomed out lens for everyone trying to understand, like, no, your passions, your purposes will shift with you through your life. They will grow alongside with you. There are times for you to let go, but know that it all kind of comes together too. Like sometimes something is there and really, really cool. And then it's, but it's not the end all be all. Maybe it's just a momentary thing. Maybe it's a stepping stone to the next thing that is really supposed to be of greater purpose to you. But when you zoom out, you can begin to really look at the different aspects of yourself, the different aspects of your life and start to piece together what it is that is truly of deeper meaning and purpose for you, what you're here for. So I know there's a story that you have that really ties into this. Do so you want to share a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely. Um, so there's this there's this book series that, uh, that I read. I've told you about it like a thousand times <laughs> because, because mm-hmm. I just can't shut up. I about love it. this series. <laughs> it's, it's this book series that I've, I've been reading since I was like literally 14 years old or something like that. And there are so many books in it. And for some reason, it just keeps getting better and better and better. Uh, and then I'd never tire of it. And it satisfies this deeper part of me that we're going to talk about, but it also mm-hmm. like just kind of satisfies like my, my nerd, like my, my total yeah. nerd. It's called the Dresden Files and essentially like the overarching, I guess, kind of like shell of it is just that it's like this guy who is a wizard and he like is a kind of a PI. So he like helps solve people's shit like, oh, this thing goes missing or oh, right. like something bad kind of showed up on my wizard corner PI is and, awesome. and wants to fuck me up. Yeah, exactly. And so in this world, like, you know, wizards are, they're, they're not like the end all be all, but they're pretty fucking powerful. And throughout the, the series more and more maleficent things continue to happen. Like there, there kind of is this, this underarching or this, I guess, overarching thing that's going on in the, in the series that you start to see unfold over the course of the books. Uh, and he ends up continuing to put himself in the middle of it because things keep coming up and he keeps going like, no one's going to fuck with the people of Chicago. Like, these are my people. I grew up here and I'm not going to let anybody hurt them. And he keeps like putting himself in harm's way to like protect people and nobody Coming knows the ninja. who the fuck he is. And all, like, oh yeah, everyone just makes fun of him because he advertises himself as a wizard. They're like, you're fucking crazy, dude. Like you're just some weirdo, like pawn shop psychic, you know, uh, mm-hmm. all this kind of thing. And throughout the course of the, in the, the book, the books, he has all of these friends who are all talented, tough, courageous, brave people, but none of them have the same type of power that he has. Mm. Uh, and so he is kind of like the de facto leader. He's always willing to put himself in harm's way for what he knows to be right, but he struggles with his own inner demons, like both, both real and otherwise, you know, like things mm-hmm. that, things that he holds like a darkness within him, like a desire for power, a lust for a lust for power, like a, an inner rage 
that, you know, that, that, that drives him in many ways, but also is kind of like a weakness that his enemies often exploit for him. And he begins to really struggle with the, the idea that he is a, just a good man. Like all he really Mm -hmm. wants to be is just to be a good man. And he's like, I feel like I'm becoming a monster. And there are, there are just moments in these books where, for example, he has a, he has a friend named Michael, uh, Mm -hmm. Michael Carpenter. And he kind of represents like the, the more holy aspect, like his kind of like the friend who's like devout Christian, like literally like kind of like fights demons, like that kind of dude who's just like a a paragon essentially. And he's uh, the main character's moral compass. So whenever he's incredibly low and he's like, I feel like I'm becoming one of them. I feel like I'm becoming a monster. Whenever Michael reflects him, he's like, you're a good man. Like it always just brings tears to my eyes. Cause it's just like to be seen, to be seen from the outside as, I don't know, for, for what you really are. Cause we can get mm-hmm. so lost in, in our own pain. We can get so lost in, yeah, our own struggles, our own demons that we can kind of lose sight of our true intentions, which are good. Right. And we just continue yeah. to keep trying to do the right thing. And we feel like that we keep fucking it up. And that when somebody's like, you're a good man, it's okay. Like I see it. Yeah. It can just, it can totally bring you to your knees. I love that. I love that for you too. Like it, it, it's, it makes so much sense. You know, when you're talking about that, um, one of the words or one of the traits that was just coming through strong, it was a self-sacrifice and how that actually makes you more whole and more just everything, Zach. Um, I just kept getting self-sacrifice over and over and over. And I think there's a level that that can take you to your knees and then bring you to then your greatest gift and your greatest self. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it's, it's, it's so funny. I'm just thinking about like the spiritual community in general. And I feel like Mm -hmm. people have become so allergic to the idea of self-sacrifice because it's Mm -hmm. like, there's like this big narrative of like, take care of yourself. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, no, nurture yourself, blah, blah, blah. And that's great. Like we need that. Mm -hmm. Um, We absolutely need that. You do need to take care of yourself. You do need to have uh, an understanding of what your internal tank Mm-hmm. when your internal tank is full or empty, I feel like the default that most people in the spiritual community will give you is just like, no, like you're doing too much, like take care of yourself. <laughs> and you're just like, like, I get that. I, yeah. I have a lot of people tell me that like kind of unsolicited will just like reach out to me and tell me that. And it's like, I'm not even accomplishing the things that I'm setting out to accomplish on like a day-to-day basis. Like there's no I have to meet these needs first. Yeah, exactly. Like this is my path. Like my path is to, to do these things. And I feel fine. Like it's, it's part of, it's part of what I chose and I'm not going to, Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to make it somebody else's fault that I made choices in my life. Right. So there's like this level, like, I think you're right. There's this level where like self-sacrifice is at least for me and it's not for everybody, but like self-sacrifice is definitely necessary. Um, and when I'm not doing it, I feel like I'm wasting my gifts. Frankly, I feel like I'll go on to some privileged dude, um, shutting himself off from the world, like allowing himself to live a comfortable life in his privilege when so many people are suffering. Uh, when I, when I have applicable skills that I, that I could use to, to help people and make some kind of difference as small as it might be. And I think too, that's, that's the, 
where we stand a little bit separate from the spiritual community because we are in a very deeply masculine path. And that's your path. Like that is a deeply masculine trait of duty and responsibility and the burden that comes with that. But that is what brings you wholeness and makes you more full and allows you to uh, escape all the other bullshit of life at the same time. But to speak to the spiritual community too, is like, I think we all come into our spirituality for a reason. And more so it's because we've had a breaking point. We've had Mm -hmm. something that has really deepened us and hurt us. And it's brought us into this way of finding understanding and connection and um, hope again. And so with that typical storyline, it is like, we're probably for the most part, 90% of those people are people pleasers. I was one. Pretty sure you were one. Like that's the start of it. (laughs) Who didn't take care of themselves. Who didn't take the second to ask themselves, like, are you okay with giving more to these Mm -hmm. people who don't give back to you? And yeah, yeah, I mean, I think for like, you're, I think you're right for like 90% of the people in the community, it's, it's fucking solid advice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You got to do that. But to speak to the other end of that, you got to come out of that too. Like that, there is a particular phase in the pendulum of healing where you need to just prioritize yourself and become whole. And then there is an expression of that back into the world, your responsibility to yourself, your responsibility to the world around you, the responsibility Mm -hmm. to your duty, your purpose, your passion, and then finding a balance of self and world yeah absolutely i think it'll probably look a little bit different for the feminine than you and i but you know these things still are resonant for both yeah you know and what i see a lot of i think this is a really interesting phenomenon is that uh a lot of feminine embodiment coaches Mm -hmm. um or uh women who run feminine based businesses which Mm -hmm. i i love that i love it like i think Mm -hmm. it's it looks so wonderful i mean it's like women makes me feel good (laughs) it makes me feel good it's like women who are dressing in ways that bring them joy and pleasure dancing and like singing and eating foods and drinking you know drinking drinks that that bring them pleasure and like everything becomes about like like the whole expression becomes sensuality not sexuality just like sensuality. sensuality yeah and like when they spend money, it becomes about like, I'm, I'm going to spend money from a place of pleasure. I'm going to yeah, speak to my clients when it brings me love and pleasure. And like, they create these massive successful businesses and they're probably only working, like working, working like 10 to 15 hours a week. And the rest of their time is, it is a form of work, which is like cultivating a practice of joy and cultivating mm-hmm. a practice of pleasure, which can be quite difficult. I think it's such a beautiful like way to navigate business and to navigate the world. And I'm so excited to see the feminine starting to stake its claim rise in that. Yeah. I think it's also because they've done so much self-sacrifice at the first part of their life from like karmic part of their life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, growing, growing up in a society that was masculine run Mm -hmm. and being like, no, (laughs) you know, like, no, I'm going to do this the other way. Uh, but all that to say, I don't think that's the path that you and I get to take in this lifetime. Like, nope. Nope. I don't nope, think nope, that, nope, uh, nope. I don't think that I'm going to get to like walk around in a, in a cloth bathing suit and yeah, like roll my hips in front of the camera and make a million dollars in three months or something like that by coaching, coaching a bunch of dudes. 
I have like, always... I'm going to have a cacao ceremony. <laughs> you guys ready to watch me roll my hips? <laughs> I mean, I hip thrust a lot <laughs> and I've oh always God. wanted to be able to just live in a sarong. Like I'm fucking in Hawaii. So mm. I'd be totally cool with that. <laughs> Magic but Mike Liss. <laughs> that's the outcome and not the process. Exactly. So, yeah. That's, that's yeah. us setting down the burden at the end. Yeah. yeah. And I do know though, for me, you know, there's a balance in this as well. Like I do these things so I can have my freedom. Mm-hmm. And I build systems and structures and teams so I can have that freedom. But I know I can't just sit in that and be in that the majority of my time because then I'm just going to turn into a fucking slug. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. the word I expected to come out, but that's the word that came out, into a fucking slug. And so I'm going to start to fill that time with other things and do more and do more anyways. And then try to build it to allow myself to have more freedom until I finally just say, all right, I'm done going into spirituality and I'm going to go shave my head and go sit in the mountains and build a meditation center. And I'm done for the rest of my life. Come I mean, meditate with me. <laughs> that's the masculine interplay that David data always talks yeah. about. He's like the, the, the juxtaposition between burden and freedom. It's like the one of like, like the main masculine value is freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we always feel burdened by our, but like, but purpose is like the main driving force. So yeah. in order to be on your purpose, that comes at a sacrifice of some amount of freedom, but there's like a, the longing in your heart for freedom at all times. Mm-hmm. Like, f- I mean, this is, this has come up and this has come up for me a lot in medicine, especially about like, what kind of doctor do I want to be? What kind of specialty do I want to choose? Right. And finding all these specialties that are a, cu- a handful of specialties that do interest me intellectually, but have a decent lifestyle, you know, like working 40 to 50 hours a week rather than like 60 or right. 60 plus or whatever. And feeling really drawn to those specialties in part because of that. And in part because of like my interest in the field and the types of people that those fields attract are like more mm-hmm. relaxed, laid back type of people that I, that I kind of easily get along with. And on the other hand, I feel this other part of me that's like drawn towards the rigor of mm. some of these other fields that I find really interesting. And it's just like this, this, uh, this internal conversation about like, are you going to choose something because it's easy, easy. Yeah. or are you going to choose something? I, I, I don't, I don't even know. I'm still, I'm still so in the middle of this process that I have no answer yeah. for it, but it's like part of me is being drawn towards something that I know is going to be like difficult in a way that I don't want to pursue Mm-hmm. And another part of me is like, no, continue to choose things that are like a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to actually flip that on its head a little bit too and say like that field could be easier, but that ease and openness can create more room for you to create your own work and rigor. So that ease in that, you know, maybe it's 40 hours a week and that's 60. Now you have those extra 20 hours a week to really work and do even more to progress that field or to progress your work in it. And you can still hold a level of rigor as well. But at the same time, I think the most important piece, and that's where you're going to sit with is like, what is my intention behind this? And what, how does that attention align with me and my values and what, where I need to go? Yeah. I think traditionally in the past, for me at least, it, I'm not, I'm not going to claim this for my future necessarily, but mm-hmm. in the past for me, it's been like the more free time I have in my schedule, the less productive I become. Like yeah. even in the things that I do. So, for example, I mean, right now I'm not working that much. I've been I've been in two really easy rotations. 
I work like 24 hours a week in the clinic. Oh, shit. And then, you know, it's like, it's nice. really easy. Yeah. yeah. And then I go home and I study when I go home, but like having a really easy schedule where it's like, oh, I'm off at like three. Like I got in at eight, I'm off at three. I have time to study and I'll just waste like five fucking hours before I do mm-hmm. anything again. Right. And it's like, I won't do anything for five hours and then I'll, then I'll study and I'll get like half as much done as I wanted to get done. Yeah. And this is all, this has been a phenomenon for me my whole life. So like when I was in uh, high school, I had to get a job and wrestle and bodybuild and do school in order to like do well in everything. When I was yeah. in college, I had to get like a job and add more credits onto my schedule and then like add a social life in like a rigorous quote unquote social life in mm-hmm. where I was like going out almost every night and stuff. And then my grades went up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, like in every, at every stage of my development, it's been like the more I put on my plate, the more I've thrived. So I know that if I have this feeling rather that if I choose something that's going to give me ample free time, I'm going to fucking waste it. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to make me less driven during the hours that I'm supposed to be on. So what I would say to you or anyone kind of in that conundrum is like, so is that the rooting force for you that you know is going to take you through these things, your success, or is it something that you are breaking free of? And that may not something be that we have an answer to right now either. I don't know. It's <laughs> okay. I mean, I think, and I'm going to bring this back to astrology right now, and I don't mm-hmm. really know, but like, you I know me, I like to, to take this back in. I like to yeah. take, I like to take on belief systems as fully as I can in order to mm-hmm. learn something from them before I like let go of what I don't need. And in my astrology, having a Sagittarius North node basic and with all this, like I have like eight planets in Capricorn or whatever, what that all kind of points towards is like your life will be about your career. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to see that for me as well. Right. Which is like, you know, more and more things kind of fall away from my life that I distract myself with in like increasingly painful ways. And then like the only thing it seems like is being left over is my career mm-hmm. um, in many ways. And it's like, I have always been terrified of, that that like i think and you've seen this in me like i've been i was terrified of living alone and then i ended up living alone i'm i've had i there was terrified of certain things and like romantic relationships and all those things came into my life uh i'm i was terrified of becoming the guy who just works all the time at the expense of his family or at the expense of his friends and the relationships in his life and i made an effort to not do that and it's like life in the universe are like dragging me deeper into that. And they're like, no, no, the more time you try and spend with your friends and in your relationships, the more we're going to take them away from you yeah. and like distance you from them, put all of your effort into work. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking do this, but I feel like that's what I'm being pulled into is like single-mindedness. Mm-hmm. Very focused, very direct, very driven. Yeah. I, you know, I will I'm sorry, go ahead. If you're going to say something and say that that is actually very true for you. And it's one of the things I've always admired for you at the same time um, on a different lens. Like you've always been very direct and very focused and have always shown up for the hard work. So, and that's always taken you to success in other realms, right? If we talk about like physical, if we talk about competition, if we talk about like CrossFit or whatever it is, these other parts. And now we're seeing how that really shows up for you within your own personal life, within career it's making the hard decision despite what you actually want. It's the self-sacrifice. Yeah, man. There you're, I think you're right. Like, I don't think that any of the things that I would consider to be like my greatest accomplishments or like my greatest successes 
or things that like I wanted for myself necessarily. They were things that I knew I had to do. Um, not because other people told me that I had to do them because there was an inner part of me that literally would not rest until I did it. And the whole time it was like, Zach, me was like, I fucking hate this. Like this sucks. And there was this part of me that was like, if you stop now, you'll never forgive yourself was like the inner thing. And people do not understand that it's, I'm going to take a moment to just kind of like vent here. Like people do not understand that people will constantly reach out to me, be like, you're, you're coming across as too single-minded. Like you need to let go of some of the mind. And like, it's like this whole spiritual bypass thing of like, you need to learn how to drop more into heart, how to drop more into this, how to like be less thinking um, and less doing. And uh, really just, yeah, just this kind of this constant, like you need to let go a little bit. And it's like, every time I try, life pulls me back into it. So it's kind of frustrating to have a bunch of people trying to give me advice that is not right all the time. It's like, everybody gives me that advice like, yeah. go a little bit. And it's like, I would love to, <laughs> but that's <laughs> I not, can't, bro. that's not, not my the path. way, that's not the way my life works. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I think that's powerful. You man, like definitely like owning that is, is, is a big deal. Like you are, I'm really glad you just gave that rant. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I need to, I need to stop fighting it. I think. I think that's the, yeah, the last thing, like when you have that awareness now you can just give, and that's the power that comes with that awareness. That is now your intention and you can root into that and hold that and let that be what takes you through life mm-hmm. or the next few months or Saturn return or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The awareness is the magic. The awareness is the magic. Boom sauce. And I think we're just going to mic drop on that. Well, I can tell you said boom sauce. That usually means that's the end of the podcast. (laughs) That's the end of my mind. (laughs) That's that's where I'm at. Uh, Boom sauce. We should make our own hot sauce line and try and market it to uh, hot ones. Uh, We can call it boom sauce. Boom sauce. Yeah. I just got like... The, com- in the, the company can be called Magic Mike Less, and we'll, we'll do. <laughs> and it'll be pictures of you and I in overalls. Damn. Hell yeah. Let's Boom. do it. Zam Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any uh, ending remarks from you, brother? Um, yeah, I'll just say that, like, you know, Neil and I talked about a lot of things revolving around purpose and only take what resonates with you. You know, I understand, like, yes, for example, please. yeah, like all the stuff about like burden and like self-sacrifice and stuff like that might not be the case for you. And that's fine. I don't want anybody to leave this like episode feeling worse about themselves or about what they're doing in the world or anything like that, because, because it's not the, the stuff that I was talking about. So I want we're all people unique to, paths. yeah, we're all on unique paths. Do exactly what feels right to you. Yeah. Hopefully this is just inspiration for you to have your own awareness so you can mic drop boom sauce it. Mic drop boom sauce.